Hey, welcome back to Driving Theology. This is Mike, and it is February 1st, 2017. The world indeed has not yet ended. Uh, continues to turn despite Trump being elected president, and he's now, I don't know, maybe in his second or third week of uh, the presidency, and uh, wow, things are not looking too great, but you know what, I'm going to take a break from all that today and I'm going to talk about something else um, that I think is probably... Uh, sorry, it's a little bit cold here, my belts are squeaking. Something else that I think is, is probably more important and that is the uh, opening here in Japan of the movie Silence, uh, which is uh, from the novel Silence by... Endo, Shushaku Endo, a uh, pretty famous author here in Japan. Uh, and I had read the book years ago. In fact, my, my oldest daughter read it first uh, in school. It was, it was assigned reading for her in uh, the international school that she's going, going to. And I think she, she uh, maybe even recommended it to me. But anyway, uh, I did read it. Basically, it's a fictional novel uh, based on uh, based on history, not historical events, but but general historical things. You know, things that happened in the history of Christianity in Japan, um, especially during the Tokugawa era, the Edo period from the from the mid 15, uh, 1500s uh, and uh, into the 1600s. So. This is about, this, this story takes place about, I don't know, 80 to 100 years after Xavier, uh, Francis Xavier arrived uh, in Nagasaki and the Jesuits uh, began evangelizing Japan. Uh, and this book happens 20 years after the Christian persecutions had uh, begun. Uh, so at one point Christianity was outlawed in the in the kingdom in the realm of Japan, and it was it it was persecuted um, very uh, very actively persecuted and, and creatively, you might say. Uh, and so the book chronicles the the story of really three Jesuit priests and the Japanese Christians that they come in contact with. Uh, who are experiencing uh, this persecution? So the movie just recently came out, and it starts stars uh, Liam Neeson. And <laughs> all right, I I don't prepare for these so much, but uh, somebody Garfield is the, really the main character. We'll call him Mr. Garfield. And then the actor that played Kylo Ren in. Uh, Star Wars Episode 7 and I hope that comes to me later too uh, anyway you have these three priests the one priest uh, played by Liam Neeson is the mentor and teacher to the younger two who has come to Japan 
before them and been one of the missionaries. But the rumor has gone out that he has apostatized, that he has given up his faith, taken a Japanese wife, uh, and is now, uh, I don't know if we would say an atheist or, uh, but anyway, pretty, pretty near an atheist uh, because he's given up his faith. That's the rumor that starts the beginning uh, of this movie. And so the other two don't want to believe that this is happening, so they go in search of, uh, in search of this priest to find out the truth about him. And in the in the course of trying to find him, they uh, find many what they call hidden Christians uh, in Japan, Christians who are really trying to stay under the radar, uh, who no longer have any priests, so they don't can't really worship, but they, their faith remains intact and they uh, they do get together in private to do things like baptisms and uh, I would assume uh, study or talk about uh, their faith uh, but if they are find out found out they are subject to subjected to persecution and so they they remain hidden and all the priests have since been expelled from Japan uh, and or martyred, and there are some famous uh, martyr, uh, martyrs that happened through history. Uh, 26, I believe, at one time even were, were crucified. So they go in the pursuit of this priest, and in the process they are introduced to two or three uh, communities of peasants who are, live in small villages and who are under the, uh, always they seem to be under scrutiny of the um, Grand Inquisitor, the person who is trying to find and stamp out uh, Christians. And he is very creative in the ways that he persecutes. And, uh, and so just to make a long story short, the main priest, uh, the main young priest, who most of the story is about, uh, he ends up finding uh, his former mentor, learning that indeed there is some truth that he has apostatized, but also getting some hints that uh, at least inwardly his faith remains intact. Uh, but he ends up uh, in a similar fate, uh, having to apostatize to save the lives of other Japanese Christians. And then becomes basically uh, under house arrest, is given a Japanese wife uh, who already has a child, is given a house, and is given a job. Uh, but he's always under scrutiny to, to, to show that he has indeed given up his faith. And he presumably lives out the rest of his life that way. Now, the movie's called Silence. And what that is talking about is the silence that often is experienced when people are in situations where they feel they need God the most. You know, right when things are most dire, it seems God is most distant and has little or nothing to say uh, to the people who are experiencing the worst times of their life. Uh, their lives. So, 
movie is very well done. It's, it's directed by Martin Scorsese, who is a Catholic himself, and it's just an extremely beautiful movie. Uh, even though the, the subject matter is excruciating, uh, excruciatingly painful uh, and awkward. situations that the uh, characters have to go through and the, the pain and the suffering that they endure uh, all because they're trying to hold on to their faith uh, and not apostatize as the Japanese officials uh, define apostasy uh, and in fact the way they, they apostatize is they have to step on what's called a humie a, rep, a, a kind of a relief or a clay I don't know, a clay tablet that has a kind of a um, representation of Jesus on it and if they step on it that means that they uh, give up their faith at least to the uh, Japanese officials to the Grand Inquisitor in his office and so if they do that then they are excused and they are let go but many times they have to do this over and over and over. They're constantly asked to do this to prove their loyalty to to Japan and that they are not following the Christian faith. Um, and so this this Fumie becomes the symbol all the way through the movie of giving up your faith in order to, either for you to continue living or for others to be released because you have apostatized. And the higher the position you are, uh, the more likely it is that you will cause others to be punished, not just yourself. So the priests, being the highest Christian officials in the land, are often made to apostatize or others are tortured and punished. So they're not just doing it for their own life, they're saving the lives of others. And this is where the, the, the real tension of the movie comes in. And, and uh, you know, think, this movie probably causes more questions than gives answers. And I think that's, I think it's really good in that sense. I think, I think some of the hardest questions in life especially for the life of the Christian, is where is God in my suffering? Where was God when I needed him most? Why didn't God intervene uh, and, and, and uh, save my loved one? Or why didn't God intervene and, and destroy my enemies? Uh, why is God allowing me and those I love to, to suffer? And these are the questions that really come up uh, in this movie. Now from a Catholic point of view and especially from you know that period of Catholicism most of the people would 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 believe that if they were to step on the fumie which is basically denying God before men it's a public denouncement of the faith that they would be condemned to hell 
so every time somebody does that, there is the there is the thought that you know now I'm going to hell because I've done this. Uh, and so a lot of people don't do it. A lot of people go to their grave not stepping on the fumier. Uh, and they are tortured and and uh, executed because they chose to not publicly denounce their faith. Many other people are have the opposite uh, experience. They constantly are made to give up their faith and they constantly capitulate. Uh, and yet they're not given any relief that way either. Uh, and so relief really isn't found either direction in this movie. Uh, there is no happy ending here. Um, there is simply an ending and you are left to contemplate the plight of these characters and, and what it means on a cosmic level. Uh, what, what does it mean for eternity? Uh, I was talking about this movie to a friend of mine, to Patrick, who you guys have met. And, uh, you know, my, my question is, which does it take greater faith to believe? Does it take greater faith to believe that even if I don't denounce my faith, that even though I die, I will live? Or does it take greater faith to say that even if I step on this fumier and publicly denounce God before men, his grace is still sufficient to save me. That I am saved whether I uh, commit this so-called sin or not. Uh, to, say that, to say that God would not save us if we were to denounce him before men is to say that that sin is, is so great that a single act could damn us to hell, uh, could damn us to live eternity without God, uh, or depending on, you know, could damn us to destruction if you are a, a uh, annihilation, 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 annihilationist. <laughs> I can't remember the word right now. It's been a long day, folks. Whew. Um, and it also, it also suggests that God does not understand just how difficult a decision that is for us. That it's an impossible choice that some people are made to make. It's an impossible choice. And so I, I, I tend to be in the camp that says... Whether you capitulate or you don't, we still are in need of the grace of God uh, for salvation. And He is faithful and understanding and forgiving and loving. And I believe He will forgive in any situation. That, that's where I'd like to fall. Um, now, where I put in that situation, I'm not sure which one I do. You know, it depends on the situation. First of all, if it's, if it's simply just my life that's in the balance, uh, and, and, and I have to choose between a, an excruciatingly painful death 
uh, or or life knowing that I have uh, denied God before men I don't know I might I might choose death I don't know I, I don't I can't know until it comes to that but if if I am held responsible for the lives of other people and that if I can if I can apostatize and save them from pain uh, I'm not sure I wouldn't do that I, I don't know again I don't think you can know until you are put in that position uh, so this movie just leaves you kind of in a funk uh, hoping that you never that it never comes to that realizing that there have been people in the world that have been subject to unbelievable unbelievably painful both mentally and physically situations and that by the grace of God we have not yet especially uh, in America and even here in Japan we're not subject to that in this day and age but there have been people who have experienced that and so the question where is God in my suffering is an important one that we all I hope uh will not shy away from. It's a question that we will not shy away from, but but strive to come to an understanding of, of just where God is uh, when we suffer. My, my family has recently gone through uh, some pretty unbearable suffering uh, because of family members who have just been taken from us too soon. Too soon and very suddenly, without any warning in both cases, uh, and that can rock your faith, and it has rocked the faith faith of loved ones uh, of mine. People who are now questioning, you know, does God exist? And if He does exist, how can He be good and let stuff like this happen? never thought people close to me would, would have those questions, but they do. Uh, those questions are brought out by severe suffering. And perhaps I, I don't have those questions because I haven't suffered like that yet. By the grace of God, I haven't suffered like that yet. Uh, in fact, both, the, both of the losses which have come recently in my family in the last two years I am peripherally affected by it. I'm not the I'm not the front line. In other words, they're they're not uh, as close to me relationally as they are to other family members. Um, and so, when and if that time comes, uh, you know, I still don't know how I'm going to react. I don't know what my questions. Are. But I do, I do have an idea of what I hope I will answer.
you know, Jesus lived on the earth as we did. And we know that he endured amazing suffering personally. And he also knew that the disciples that he had called into his service would also, also endure great suffering. And yet he called them anyway and did not take away that suffering, but instead warned them of it. So he, he did not he did not try to take that suffering from them, but instead tried to prepare them to be able to endure the suffering and to have faith through the suffering. Um, so, I think in, instead of waiting until great suffering comes to my life, I should just understand great suffering is coming my way. I will have to endure unbelievable suffering at some point, whether it's personal suffering or, or, or those closest to me who will be subjected to suffering. Either way, my heart is going to be broken uh, at some point. And so I want to be like Jesus' other disciples and allow him to prepare me for that moment. Um, and so I think, I think the answer, though it's not an easy one to accept, I think it's a simple answer. So the question, where is God in the suffering? Is this. He is there in the suffering with you. He's suffering with you. He has suffered for you and he's suffering with you. And everything that we suffer, he acutely suffers alongside of us. That he is there with us. He weeps when we weep. And he is joyful when we're joyful. He is completely empathetic with us. Or sympathetic. I always get those confused. Um, and I think this happens on, on, a, on several levels. Number one, he has the experience of suffering. He has experienced suffering. We know that on earth, well, we're pretty sure that his dad died before him. And he was the oldest son. So we know that he experienced the death of his earth, earthly father, Joseph, probably at some point. We know that he experienced uh, abandonment of, of his disciples. Uh, he experienced um, a lack of faith in him, both in his disciples and in his family. Uh, he, he experienced um, betrayal by Judas and other disciples. Uh, he experienced injustice by the Pharisees and the scribes and the Romans. Uh, he, he experienced accusation, false accusation. Uh, he experienced pain, physical pain. He was scourged and he was crucified. Uh, he experienced uh, 
the mental agony of, of being yelled at and spat upon, uh, being called a criminal, even though he wasn't. And he endured the cross. Uh, the agony of the cross, the nails being driven into his hands and his feet, uh, the thorn of crowns being put, put upon him, being, being slapped and smacked uh, by humans for, for doing nothing. He was completely innocent. He neither asked for nor deserved any of the punishment he got. And yet he endured it all, even unto death, uh, never renouncing God, but, but remaining silent. Uh, he was silent through his own suffering. Um, and faithful through it, knowing that his suffering meant our salvation. So he endured that for us. So that's one level. He, he understands that. He's been a human. Uh, he, he's been a human uh, who was not wealthy, uh, who worked for a living, who had to, you know, uh, work, uh, live hand to mouth, paycheck to paycheck, if you will. He, he did physical labor. So he knows what it is to be a suffering human uh, and suffered uh, a lot. Uh, he did not have an easy life. He died young and was murdered on the cross, slowly tortured. So he's, he, he's, he's been through that. On another level, it's a level that I, I've never heard preached about. But it's something that I, I believe in. I believe makes sense. That through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, since the Holy Spirit is inside of us, that Jesus suffers with everything we suffer with. He, is a, he, is a, he has a symbiotic relationship with us now. His life is in us. And our life and His life is intertwined. And so whatever we feel, He feels. That he is, he has um, sentenced himself, if you will, to be imprisoned within each one of us, so that we can gain by his indwelling life. But I think one of the side effects of that decision, of him to live within us, is that he feels everything that we feel. That he's along for the ride. Uh, that when we feel depressed, we are subjecting him to our depression. That, that when we feel pain, he feels our pain because he's in our body. Um, and he doesn't take over our body like a possession, like a demon possession where a demon might take over a weaker human. Uh, he, he partners with us. He's, he's there... Uh, and basically defers to us, uh, and so he is—he is only as present as we acknowledge him to be. Um, and so he, he defers to us in everything.
but instead tries to guide us and lead us and encourage us uh, and persuade us to live by his life, to live a, to live a better life, uh, to trust him, uh, to exhibit the fruits of the Spirit. He, he doesn't force us, that's not his way, but he does, he does enter into our life and bring his life and it is infinitely greater than our life and it, we, we, can, we can live by his life in as much as we are willing to give up our own life for his take up our cross daily um, and so not only did he suffer when he was on the earth much as we do and much worse than most of us will ever suffer. He also lives within each Christian and everything that we experience, he experiences because he's within us. Uh, I know that's my opinion. Um, but to me, that, that speaks of a wonderful, great God and Lord who would consign himself uh, to our suffering even today. And then you couple that with the fact that he is infinitely patient and kind uh, and loving uh, no matter how much we listen to him. And he is always going to forgive. Uh, wow, what a, what a Lord, what a Savior, what a Christ. Um, I highly recommend the movie Silence. Uh, but I think you should be prepared and know what you're getting into. Uh, don't don't expect to go and be entertained. It's a beautifully done movie, but the what's beautiful about it is its portrayal of pain. Unfortunately, it's a beautiful por portrayal of pain. The movie is painful from beginning to end. It it starts in a dark place and it ends in a darker place in many ways. Um, without really any answers or resolution uh, with the characters or with the story or with the future of uh, Christianity in Japan or anything like that. There's really no uh, silver lining that's offered. Um, you're just left to contemplate. You're left to, left to contemplate their existence and, and thereby your own existence. Um, which is always a good thing. You know, that, that's good. We, we need to be challenged. Uh, and it really flies in the face of any kind of a... Uh, what's the word? Uh, prosperity gospel. That somehow when we uh, sign up to belong to Jesus, he, he decides to give us money and, and power... And those kinds of things. That's just not what we're signed up to get. It's not that God doesn't intervene in our lives and, and sometimes bless us with things that we need. But he does promise, on the other hand, uh, that we will suffer for him if we belong to him. Uh, and that, I think, we can prepare for. We should prepare for the silence. And know that even when we feel God is silent, that he is never far from us.
that he's always with us, that he knows what we're going through, and that he suffers right alongside of us. Um, and that he is ever faithful, no matter how we endure the suffering, whether we capitulate and denounce God, or whether we whether we're faithful to the end and die a mortar's death, he is faithful through all of it. And that is just who he is. That's the kind of God he is. And you know what a what a wonderful God we serve because of that. Just wonderful. And I'm gonna end this right here. Uh, I hope you'll see silence. Uh, I hope that I haven't. Uh, disparaged it too much. I think you'll probably see it up for an Academy Award. I, I would be surprised if it wasn't. Although it may not make it because of its, uh, you know, faith nature, it's possible. Uh, but it's an important movie. And I think you'll, if you've seen uh, Schindler's List, uh, I think you'll find it quite similar to that in that it's a it's a difficult movie. It's a beautifully made movie. It's a it's a story that everybody needs to see, and and, and yet, it's not the kind of movie you're going to want to watch over and over because you enjoyed it. Um, if you watch it again, it'll be because you felt like you missed. Sorry, I got cut off there for a few minutes, so I want to just wrap this up. So, I think I was saying if you watch it again, it'll be because you think you missed something and not. Um, not because you just want to be entertained again. Because and just get another phone call. <laughs> it keeps happening. So, anyway, it's not an entertainment moving, uh, entertaining movie, you know, like other movies might be. So, um, but I, I, I do uh, believe it's an important movie for for everyone uh, to see. I think it's a, a very good movie, uh, and it it asks the right questions and it leaves you with the right questions. Uh, and with room to do the work uh, on resolving those questions yourself. It's not an easy answer. It's not an answer uh, that everyone can take necessarily or that everyone will come to. But definitely good questions. Good questions that it leaves us with. Uh, and those of us who are in the greatest pain uh, are left with those questions. So... Yeah, I, I hope you'll see the movie. Uh, it's sort of like Schindler's List in some ways. Uh, I, I'm sure it's not just because it has Liam Neeson, although he does seem to get some great characters that just are put in, this, in some impossible situations. But um, in that it, it, it leaves out something that almost every other movie would have uh, for effect. And what Schindler's List leaves out is color. Uh, the movie is black and white. It was made in 93 and yet it's 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 made almost like it was in, you know made in 1933. It's completely black and white except for a little girl who wears a red dress and that's the only color that comes through. Well uh, silence is not um, black and white it's it's in full color but it does leave out uh, music. It does leave out a soundtrack. It's one of the more silent films you'll ever see that has sound. 
There's lots of ambient natural sound. But I can't remember a single tune or a place where there was a single song or dramatic music of any kind in there. And I might be wrong because uh, it's not really something you notice while you're watching it. But later you're like, you know, man, that was a really quiet movie. And I noticed it was quiet because I was eating popcorn. And I had uh, some caramel popcorn as well, which is really crunchy. And it, man, it just seemed like it was echoing throughout the theater. And I was really embarrassed by it. Even though the theater was quite full, uh, our the, the noises that we made really uh, were heard. Uh, whereas a lot of movies you watch, there's this covering of sound that constantly is there. But Silence was quite the silent movie. There was a lot of silence. Uh, and apparently, even in the making of it, Scorsese... Uh, really demanded a quiet set, um, and and he, he wanted the actors to be in contemplation uh, as well, uh, feeling the silence in a real way to to hopefully uh, have an effect on the movie. So uh, anyway, it's 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 a an artistically well done movie. I think. Uh, movie connoisseurs will have a lot to talk about and a lot to appreciate uh, uh, but spiritually speaking it's a it's an important movie and I'll just leave it at that and uh, so I'm almost home uh, and I will talk to you all later it was good to be able to to share to you uh, my experience on having seen the movie silence and Hopefully you guys will get out and see the movie and, and support movies like it. I think movies that that are important like this are often overlooked and hard to fund uh, and, and probably don't do as well in the box office. But they're more important than any other movie you'll see. Uh, certainly this year, uh, Silence is the most important movie I've heard of so far. There's another important movie coming out soon, hopefully in March here in Japan. I'm not sure when it opens in Japan, but in America it opens in March called The Shack. Hope you'll get out and support that movie as well. They both deal with the problem of where is God in my suffering. Uh, and yeah, again, I'll leave you with, with that and uh, you guys have a great evening. Bye-bye.